Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Spotlight Hollywood Edition. I am one of your hosts, Kente, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Tara Lynn Gravoy. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. And uh, before we continue on, I just wanted everybody to know that uh, Miyosha is uh, working on a project, so I don't. She won't be here for the next couple of episodes. But it's the project she's doing is very, very cool. And maybe when she does come back on, we'll have her talk about it. But th- thankfully, though, we have someone pinch hitting for Miyosha, and that is Yardley. How you doing, Yardley? I'm doing great, Kente man. How's everything been going with you, cats? Pretty, pretty good, man. I, I mean, it's been a great week of podcasting. It's been hot as hell here, but I'm I'm doing great. Uh, no doubt, man. Same thing here. It's been great weather here in Atlanta. It got a little rainy today, but outside of that, man, when the skies are gray, you know, things brighten up when I'm on the spotlight, man. That's right. That is right. Now, I, I want people to know today is a special day because we are doing two episodes back-to-back episodes so the first episode will be joined by actor chris rosman and then after that we're gonna uh take a brief break and come back with uh, actress michelle thrush so uh you get two shows for the price of one so that that's really really cool and of course we want participation and the way you can participate is by dialing area code 347-857-3385 once again that is area code 347-857-3385. And remember, you have to press 1 in, to be entered into the host queue. That's the only way that we'll know that you've called. Another thing we would like for you to do is come to our website, and that's indyradio.org. Once again, that's indyradio.org. Come on in. You don't have to sign up. You just come into the chat room, make a nickname, and you are in there. I see Stefan. I see Captain Barbosa. Of course, we're in there. If you didn't hear your name, it's because you have not logged in. So come in. All right. We got that business out the way. And, you know, the first thing we got to talk about is the shows that we've watched. And I'm going to start off with you, Tara Lynn. Uh, what have you been watching this week? You know, two of my shows started up this week, and uh, I was so excited. Uh, the first one was Rain, and, um, you know, it, it started off powerful, and uh, they introduced some ghosts into the scene. So it should be interesting to see what the ghosts will tell us throughout the season. Oh, you, you like that uh, that kind of stuff, the scary I do. I like the scary stuff. <laughs> do you, do you, does it ever uh, bother you in any kind of way? Nah. Okay. All right. So you're not the kind of you don't you won't need a uh, nightlight. Oh <laughs> man, I, I do have a nightlight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what about Resurrection? Isn't it in its second week? Did you get a chance to see that? I did not get a chance to see it yet. I watched Vampire Diaries premiere mm-hmm. uh, for season six, and uh, that was good, too. Um, a little bit uh, odd at times because of the situation. I'm, I'm going to watch a few more episodes and see where we head. Oh, okay. But it, but it <laughs> was good, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I know I, I've seen uh, the first couple of episodes of Downton Abbey. I'm not going to say... How I was able to see it, but uh, I know that uh, that we've seen that I've seen it, and um, I'm sure you've seen it too, right, Yardley? 
Um, re- repeat that, Kente. Sorry about that. Oh, Downton Abbey. I know you've oh, yeah, seen the first Oh, yeah, I'm caught up. So yep. uh, what do you think about uh, it so far? Oh, well, I think it's pretty great. Did you ever get an opportunity to watch episode two? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm caught up. Yeah, I thought episode two was pretty good. And I think that you know what I meant when I was saying how there are certain characters that you're supposed to not like on the show. And then every blue moon, they'll do something that kind of awkwardly puts you back on their side. So I've been enjoying it uh, through the first two episodes. Yes, yes, yes. I I um I have to say the writing is which is always good has been very very tight. Uh the dialogue as always has been great and I think last season uh they had the hangover from the uh the um Matthew Crowley incident and it was kind of that was still kind of hovering over whereas this yeah. one is kind of fresh and I really enjoy it. Yeah, man. I have to, I have to agree. I mean, I think a lot of the the hangover from certain fans were the ones that were bitter about what happened to Matthew Crowley. But, you know, myself, I thought that that situation worked its way out the way that it was supposed to. It was not as if the writers and the creators necessarily wanted the Christmas special to end in such a fashion. So it didn't really bother me much, but they pretty much picked up where they left off. And I have a feeling that this season we're going to get a few more surprises. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm really excited and and uh I really like what they're doing with some of the, our favorite characters on the show and uh you know, they, we've already lost a character not through death but uh firing. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. You know, yeah, no how uh, Thomas reacted to uh, oh boy getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that whole situation is actually uh, an interesting situation. They didn't necessarily um, hone in on some of the incidents that happened between those characters, but um, the way that the characters departed, I thought that it was pretty cool. Uh, something tells me, or I would wish that uh, you know that those characters would have kind of been mainstays because I thought it was fun. But uh, yeah, you got to move on sometimes. Got to move on. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, also, too, I've been watching uh, the Sons of Anarchy, and man, this season is brutal. People are getting murked left and right. I mean, it's just a. I mean, it's always been a violent show, but this season, man, it's it, they're just killing everything. And uh, I mean, like it's crazy, man. But uh, I mean, it's been really entertaining, but it, it's it's pretty gruesome. And you know me, for me to say that, <laughs> you know, it's got to be yeah. out the box. So. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they're going out with a bang, definitely a uh, bang of bullets. So, <laughs> you know, definitely. I'm sure, man, I got to get caught up on that show. I started watching the first season and then for some reason I got away from it. But eventually I will get caught up. I think what am I like three seasons, four seasons behind? Yeah, this is the seventh season. So, yeah, oh, God, the final I'm season. six seasons behind. Then. Yeah, it's one of the few shows that gets better with each season. Like literally the last season was better than the the one before which was better you know my, my, uh, very i don't want to compare it to breaking bad but i mean breaking bad in the in the fact that it got better with each season so, okay cool so definitely um also too i had a chance to get to the movies and i saw the movie the equalizer uh which is loosely based on the tv show i don't know if you guys remember it back in the day but uh you know we have denzel washington 
And uh, Denzel Washington kicks a lot of ass in this movie, and I love. I want to see that. Yeah, it's it's really good, uh, you know. And Denzel's what fifty nine years old, about fifty nine years old, and mm-hmm. you know he, he's handling that business. I got to give it to him. You know he's he's really putting it down too, and I, I thought it looked good. I thought that uh, the acting was great. You know. Uh, I had I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but I'll say this. Uh-huh. My disappointment though was in the final confrontation. That's all I'm gonna say. It wasn't <laughs> it, it wasn't what I you didn't give too much away. I, I yeah, it wasn't what I wanted to happen. You know, I wanted more, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just kind of ended. Uh, I would say, think Dark Knight Rises when uh, Bane and Batman. Th- you know, everybody can't wait for them to go, you know, to throw down. And it kind of ends with a kind of a whimper in a way. Okay. But well, uh, but the movie's great. You know, definitely the movie's great. Okay. Well, I look forward to checking it out. All right. And uh, so let's go over to Weekend Box Office. Uh, we have at number 10, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, still in the top 10. Definitely will be a sequel. Number 9, Let's Be Cops, which is done fantastic. Uh, Gardens of the Galaxy definitely will be a sequel because that movie's doing well. Seven, A Walk Amongst the Tombstones. Uh, not doing as well as I think they thought because it's all the way down at seven in the second week. Number six, No Good Deed, which is doing fantastic, uh, based, definitely based on the budget and how much it's taken in so far. Five, A Dolphin's Tale uh, is doing okay. Uh, three, Box Trails. The Box Trail. I'm sorry, The Box Trolls. And number two, The Maze Runner, uh, which is doing very good. And number one was The Equalizer. Came in at number one with uh, $34 million at the box office. So that's a great start for that film. It was made with a $55 million budget. So uh, so they are already uh, close to matching what they put in for it so uh, that's really good and it's definitely a good movie and i suggest people go see it uh what's coming up this weekend uh we have a movie called the decent one uh men women and children there's gone girl and annabelle now i don't know annabelle is about that doll right uh you know a crazy doll movie (laughs) That thing looks scary. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of scary I don't like. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the little bit I've seen of it, I don't know, man. After Chucky, can you even make another creepy doll movie? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I don't know about that. room for that. But, uh, and, okay, Gone Girl looks pretty good. Now, that's, uh, that's Ben Affleck and, uh, you know, Tyler Perry's in it as well. Oh, God. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. He, this is not a Tyler Perry flick, by the way. I just want people to know that so you can actually think about going to see it. <laughs> but, uh, now, now, this is this movie, this is the movie that's based off of the Jillian Flynn book? Yes, yes, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Fincher, the great David Fincher, directed. So, you know, love his work. You know, I, I pretty much go see almost anything that he's made. So, uh, uh, it looks good, you know. Uh, it's one of those uh, real heart-wrenching thrillers, you know. It looks like one of those movies that you won't know, you know, what happened until the very end. So it looks looks good. So I would say that's the movie. If I had to pick one 
of the movies that are coming out, it would probably be that one. Okay. Yeah. So please let us know what you guys want to see. You can go to our our Facebook page, uh, you know, forward slash the Spotlight Hollywood Edition, and tell us what you want to see. All right. So now that we got that out the way, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be here with Chris, Chris Rosman. Indie Showcase presents The Spotlight Internet Radio Show with hosts Kente, Shea, Kitty, and Olaf. We put a spotlight on independent content creators and we give you the latest in pop culture and tech news of the day. Catch us live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IndieRadio.org. That's right, I-N-D-Y, radio.org. Hello, Chris Gray here from Total Nerd Takeover Podcast and Video Studio with a special offer to our friends from IndieRadio.org. We are giving away a 12-inch resin Rocky statue replica valued at $125. Thanks to Robin Schoenberg-Nichols from RockySculpture.com. Entering the giveaway is easy. Head over to Facebook.com forward slash Total Nerd Takeover, all one word. And at the top of our Facebook page, look for the post entitled Rocky Statue Giveaway 2014 and like the post. That's it. Then you're entered into the random drawing that will take place October 7th on the TNRT.TV channel. We will take care of any shipping. Now for our non-U.S. entries... We will pay the shipping up to the value of the statue. All we ask is you handle the tax and the tariffs. You can find out more about Total Nerd Takeover Studios at tnerd.com. Thanks again to all of our friends from IndieRadio.org. The Walking Dead Collection and Indie Showcase presents The Walking Dead Pre-Show with hosts Olaf, Yardley, and Kente. Join us live every Sunday as we get you ready for the latest episode of the hit AMC series. We will make predictions about what we think will happen on the show. Plus, fans can call in and chime in and have a chance at winning cool collectibles, all courtesy of the Walking Dead collection. All you have to do is listen live and get a chance to win. All of this starts October 12th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on IndieRadio.org. Facebook.com forward slash The Walking Dead Collection. Welcome back to the Spotlight Hollywood Edition. Here with Kente and Tara Lynn and Yardley. And uh, we have our guest tonight. He's an actor all the way from Canada. Is Chris Rosman. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing excellent, man. And I'm so happy to talk to you. Yeah, this is great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, yes, yes. Now, as I said uh, earlier in the um, intro, that you are from Canada. Uh, what part of Canada yeah. are you from? Well, I, I, I was born and raised in Calgary. I'm back in Calgary now, but uh, I split my time between Calgary and Vancouver. So the skiing's a little better in the winter in in, uh, in Alberta than it is in BC. Oh, so you're from Calgary? 
Yeah, that's where I was born and raised, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And, uh, you know, being that, you know, we do a, me and Yardley do a show based on Hell on Wheels, and, uh, you know, it's based there. So we got to have an opportunity to talk to a lot of, uh, I believe they call them Calgarians, right? That is correct. Yes, very good. Yeah, so we, we feel like that's kind of like our second home, right, Yarley? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Might as well be. Uh, we've actually been invited to people's homes, so I guess we got to go, man. Hey, it's a friendly city. Very friendly. Now, uh, that's one thing, too, that they talk a lot about Canadians is that the people are so friendly and so warm and inviting. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I believe so. You know, I, um, you know, Calgary, there's uh, definitely, a, um, you know, I, I was a, a gypsy for definitely the last 15 years. I, I was in Vancouver and New York, and then I was in, in Vancouver again. And uh, one thing about Calgary is there's just a, um, a strong sense of community here. And uh, it's important, you know, especially as, as um, you get older. Uh, you know, you just want to... Um, be surrounded with people that uh, you know want want you to do well and want everyone to do well, and uh, so you know that's kind of the groove I'm in right now, and that's why I love Calgary, and that's kind of what brought me back here. Um, it's just kind of worked out in the last year where it's actually gotten really busy here in terms of uh, projects, filming, and stuff. So it's uh, it's been good. It's been a great transition back for sure. Now, Chris, you know, um, being in Calgary, it seems to be a, a very fun place to grow up, and a lot of people have recommended it, um, as you have, as a nice place to visit. Um, when you were growing up, you know, I was reading in your bio that, you know, athletics was something that played a part in your life. Uh, what type of sports did you play? <laughs> of course, I played hockey. I still do, actually. I just got off the ice about an hour ago. So, um yeah, no, hockey is is uh, definitely a, a staple in my diet. And then uh, I ski quite a bit, which is uh, fantastic. The Rockies here, it's unbelievable. Uh, the Banff and uh, the national park that we have here, is, the skiing is phenomenal. The snow is, is fluffy and soft and light. And it's uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, bluebird sky days. So, um, yeah, that. And then I, I, you know, I played rugby for many years. I'm a little too old to do that now. And... Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, sports kind of took over my teens, and um, you know, uh, acting was on the back, back burner. I started out here in Calgary. I don't know if you guys have heard. Well, you probably have. We have the Calgary Stampede, and uh, there's a, a musical troupe that plays a grandstand show after the rodeo. And it's called the Young Canadians, and that's where I sort of got my first taste of showbiz, and uh, I loved it. We would sing and dance, and uh, so that was in. Like 79, 80, 81, when I was just a, a little guy, we'd get out there in front of 20,000 people and just uh, put on a show for them. So, you know, again, then, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was really, uh, it was funny. I was at an audition today for a voice commercial, and uh, one of the guys I was I was a young Canadian with back so many years ago was, uh, we, were, we were doing the, the audition together, so <laughs> we always reminisce and laugh at uh, the good times we had, for sure, so... Yeah, you know, I've, I got a taste of it at a young age and then kind of just fell into um, the peer pressure of sports and what my friends were doing. And then I just kind of had a, a aha moment and I went, you know, I got to do something I got to do. And, uh, and so, yeah, like I said, the last 15 years of my life, I've been, you know, pursuing acting hard and 
I went out to Vancouver and, and, you know, started taking classes and got an agent. And then uh, I realized that uh, this is something that it wasn't just, you know, um, a fad. It was something that I was going to do for the rest of my life. And uh, so I went, wanted to get a foundation for it. So I went and uh, in my early 30s, I went back to theater school in New York. I went to Circle in the Square and uh, spent a couple of years there doing the conservatory program, which is fantastic. And then I spent uh, a year or two working afterwards. And and then I moved back to Vancouver and, and uh, yeah, it's been great. You know what? It's, uh, I, you know, once I turn 40, it's kind of acting is something that I'll always do and I'll love to do, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to let it kind of dictate the way I live my life anymore. I'm going to act because I want to. And uh, since I kind of made that transition in my life, it's, uh, I don't care so much <laughs> what people think when I go into the audition room. Yeah. And it's really freed me up a lot. And I'm actually starting to work quite a bit, which is fantastic. So it's definitely been a win-win for me. Were there any lessons learned, um, anything that you learned from athletics that transitioned and helped you in your acting career? Well, you know, athletics are, there's nothing different than, you know, you're playing your objective, you know. Obviously, in athletics, your super objective is to win. Um, You know, and for me, yeah, for sure, I I try and assimilate a lot of my acting work into, okay, what do I want? Um, The thing about me in hockey is, is, you know, I know what my goal is. It's, it's, you know, to win, obviously. And then secondly, it's to either score goals or to prevent them from happening. So it's pretty simple. And then, you know, I know just instinctively where I have to be on the ice to make those two things happen. And, um, if you can bring that to your acting work, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's critical, you know, to, uh, to know, to always be playing your objective and, and what do you want? And if something's not working, you got to find a different tactic to, to get what you want. And, um, so I honestly, I got to say there is absolutely no difference in sports and acting. Now, do you think that it would be beneficial to actors if they messed up their lines, they got body check? <laughs> For sure, you know, put, put put the heat on you a little bit, you know, rubbing's racing, and uh, especially when uh, the cameras are rolling and everyone's getting paid, you gotta you gotta be able to deliver. So maybe a body check here and there wouldn't be a, such a bad thing. <laughs> so, Chris, growing up, what kind of who, who in the acting world did you uh, watch, television-wise, movie-wise? I, you know, um, I got a you know, movie-wise, well, you know, obviously, like, Star Wars was, in 1977, when that thing came out, I had my birthday party at this, uh, this old theater here called The Palace, and I remember we were all on the balcony, and that first scene, when Darth Vader came through the door, I, I'll never forget, like, the feeling I had, the rush, the intensity, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. So, you know, obviously, you know, the Star Wars trilogy and uh, the Raiders of the Lost Arks. Um, you know, my mom and uh, my brother, We every Friday we used to, uh, it was a movie movie and, and, and dinner night. So we, uh, 
one weekend I got to choose what movie we went to the next week and my brother got to choose and, and uh, the other person got to choose the restaurant. And a lot of the times we went uh, to see what my mom liked. So we saw a lot of Burt Reynolds for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but uh, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've always been a movie buff and, and uh, my dad as well. We used to, we, you know what, my dad loved the drive-ins. And we used to go see drive-in movies all the time. And um, one movie that uh, blew me away too. When uh, one movie night, my, we went and saw Grease, and uh, me and my brother loved it so much that we uh, we didn't leave the theater, and we watched it a second time right afterwards. So, and then I <laughs> then I ran a comb in my pocket for the next month for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, you know I love movies and I, I love uh, good television. It's it's really nice to see like. The shows that are coming out now, like The True Detective, and uh, you know, you know, it all started with HBO, and and uh, it's just, I think, you know, it's, I think it's fantastic that TV shows have, have cut their seasons in half, and therefore you're getting these great film actors to do these unbelievable roles in television. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a great time to to watch TV right now for sure. It's it's unbelievable. Now, you mentioned True Detective. We talked earlier about the shows that we watch currently. Is that the main one you're watching right now? Well, I'm done that one. Um, my my gal's been watching The Killing, so I've been watching a bit of that. And you know, I gotta keep uh, I gotta keep up to speed on what's going on in Vancouver. It's shot in Vancouver, so hopefully I'll get something on that in the near future. But um, yeah, you know what? I just finished. I just finished watching the season of The Viking and uh or vikings and it was it was really good yeah um and i heard you guys talking about downton abbey i got a funny story is i uh mm-hmm. back in 2003 i did a movie called the underclassman with nick cannon and hugh bonneville who plays uh lord grantham in in uh downton abbey and prime most of the um the, the movie was shot in vancouver and uh but there were a few scenes that carried over into Los Angeles, and some of my stuff carried over. And so I went to um, L.A. to shoot some stuff, and, and uh, he wanted to go staying in my uh, um, my hotel, and we got to sort of know each other a little bit. And um, he, I played his, one of his henchmen in, in the movie, so we had scenes together. And uh, England was playing South Africa in the World Cup, and it was... Um, being broadcast uh, the only bar we could find it at was in Santa Monica and so uh, and it was being it was airing at like two in the morning so they were showing it so uh, Hugh had rented a town car because he was obviously a big uh, big Eng- England fan and uh, we um, we we took a car and we watched the game and had a few pops and uh, and that's the last time I talked to him next thing you know he is a big star now so. <laughs> he is yes yes uh, terrific actor as well. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at the cast list for this uh, film, and also I see. Uh, I guess we had a couple of weeks ago. Zach Santiago was in it as well. So, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Zach's a buddy of mine. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, actually, we uh, we flew down to L.A. together, and something that we got to know each other from then, and then we uh, obviously bump into would bump into each other in Vancouver and see each other at auditions and stuff. He's uh yeah, he's a talented dude. He's a very, very good dancer. I think uh, that's how he sort of, sort of started out. And um, and I, it's funny when I was going to Circle in the Square, and I go back to to, 
to Vancouver, I would, because um, dancing was part of the curriculum of, of Circle in the Square, I sort of had to keep sharp on my dancing skills, so I would do dance classes at a, the Harbor Dance Center in Vancouver, and I, I would see Zach there doing ballet, so... Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great guy, and he, you know what? He's a he's a he's a terrific actor. He's a really good actor. You know, it's funny that you mentioned um, that we just brought up Zach. Um, he's actually, of course, as you probably already know, he's a Hell on Wheels alum, and he also is an alum of the reboot of the TV series V, which you also had a part in. Which it's actually one of my favorite reboots, and it definitely ended. Uh, on a huge cliffhanger. I don't know why they made the decision to cancel that, but could you tell us about your time that you spent on the Series V? Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic, actually. Uh, basically, I played uh, a guy, Ed, who preyed upon um, sort of transient homeless people, and uh, you know, I, I was a front man for, for a, um, a church help organization, and then basically I would... Uh, I would kidnap them and send them up to the mothership for <laughs> for <laughs> testing, and uh, so it was great. You know what? I um, uh, you know I I I love physical acting. I, I think that's the, the sports in me. Um, so it was a, a very physical role where I you know would basically find someone, get get to know them, and then um, uh, sedate them, throw them in the back of my van, and. Uh, and then take them to the mothership and, and send them up to get tested on. And, and uh, when I kind of got discovered, the the three main actors, where there was a big sort of uh, chase. They found my van and, and stuff, and I had to drag this poor girl through the woods. <laughs> I don't know how many times. Ouch. I think I I think I tore my shoulder because it oh. was. Uh, Oh my God! It was it was it was work. I earned every cent I made on that, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, but it was great. It was a great scene, and it was uh, uh, finally, uh, you know, obviously, uh, rather than them taking me captive as an alien, I uh, took a suicide castle and uh, disintegrated into nothing. I, rem- I remember that too. Yeah, I remember that very well. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Dave Barrett, the director, is a, he's he's a great guy, fantastic director, and uh, and the, the cast and crew on that show were. It was a lot of fun to do, for sure. So you see how things come full circle. You're you're hemming people up on V and in Hell on Wheels. You're hemming people up there too, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I, that's how I roll now. You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of sort of villain-esque roles, which uh, which I got no problem with. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, this is good. Now, now I swear we should do this as a as a um, segment on this show. And I'll, I'll explain what I'm about to say. Uh, if you go to New York, uh, if you, I mean, if you're an actor that's, that's worked out of New York for a good length of time, it's pretty safe bet that you've probably been on a Law and Order. Well, in Canada, I guess you guys' Law and Order is supernatural. So if you've been in the business for a good length of time in Canada, you've probably been on an episode of Supernatural. So I swear we need to do this as a segment. Please tell us your Supernatural experience. Well, it was great. You know, um, basically I played uh, a pilot who became possessed and uh, was going to do sort of, I guess, a 9-11 
um, suicide mission with the plane. And uh, uh, Jensen and Jared had uh, had sort of obviously discovered it, and they were on the plane, and they figured out who the guy was. They couldn't figure out who, who the person was, and then... Uh, then they discovered it was me, and then there was a massive uh, physical battle that took place in the cockpit with us, and uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And then I had to, uh, they ba- basically, um, you know, threw holy water on me and started doing <laughs> these sort of Latin prayers, and the uh, the devil came out of me in, in uh, this massive expel of, of uh, black fumes. And uh, my, I remember I had to wear these uh, these eye gels that uh, made my whole eye black. And uh, but my eyes are kind of sensitive, and so it was really difficult to uh, to get these uh, these uh, uh, these pupils uh, or these uh, these contacts in my eyes. But uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. They exercised the demon out of me, and then we had that sort of that last scene where it was like. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to me. Like, you know, I don't even remember being on the plane. <laughs> Famous last words as I'm in a wheelchair getting wheeled out of out of the crime scene. So, uh, but those guys are fantastic. Wow, uh, what a run that show's had for for those guys. And uh, even though, like I was, I think I was first season, the like third episode. Um, and then I did another one like five years later where I played uh, a guy who. Uh, had spider lady and I was one of her, her, uh, she had captured me and, uh, and I was in a, I was stuck in a, in a, in a web for oh, yeah, that was uh, freaky. A, a cocoon for a number of times. And then they kind of discovered the cocoons and, uh, and Dave Barrett, who I worked with on V had directed this as well. And, uh, they opened up the cocoon and expect me to be dead. And all of a sudden I just, I'm resurrected and I freaked them out so much that they, uh, they shot me in the chest and killed me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting killed a lot. Yeah, I'm a, I guess I, I'm, I'm I'm pretty good at dying. Oh man, uh, you let me. I, we know it's just acting, but do you ever have any family members who see you die on the screen and kind of shriek a little bit, even though it's acting? You know, because it can look you know pretty real. You know, you know, I, no, you know, I've just um, uh, the more the reaction. Uh, I get is like I can't believe how creepy you were, or, or something along those lines. But uh, uh, I've never got the uh, the sympathetic, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sympathetic ear. I haven't um, I haven't plays though where you know um, you know I've played uh, a villainous character where you know, they, and that's the thing. You know, I found it as an actor is, is that. You know, regardless of how horrible you are, they still have to they still have to cheer for you a little bit. Yeah. Now, um, as as we said in our pre chat, that we're going to in our second show that we're going to be joined by actress Michelle Thrush, and uh, she's on the series Blackstone, and you were on it as well. So tell us about your Blackstone experience as well. <laughs> Yeah, Blackstone was was great. You know what? The director and and the crew is are fantastic in the cast. Uh, um, you know, I, it hasn't aired yet, so I can't really talk much about uh, the episodes I'm in. But uh, I was, you know, fortunate to to uh, to be a part of it. I really, you know, what I got to say, I really like the show. It's really gritty. It's really air, um, edgy. 
you know, it's really honest. And, um, you know, I, I just, um, it's not safe, you know, it's risky. And, and uh, yeah, as an actor, those are, are kind of projects that you, you really want to be a part of because, you know, it's, it's, it's not about the glam. It's about telling the truth and telling the story. And I think Ronnie Scott, who is the executive producer and director, directs all the episodes and is a writer as well as, um, you know, is a passionate guy and he's telling a, an honest story. And, and, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really well written and it's, uh, it's a great series. I know it's doing really well, um, critically, uh, in Canada, especially. Uh, and I think it just started airing in the States on Zulu. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it has a it has a loyal following, and uh, just being able to be a part of it was uh, was fantastic. You know, it's funny. I went in for when I went in for my audition and stuff. I I said to the casting director, I'm like, this is gold. You know, this stuff is this is this is great, really great writing. And uh, you know, it just obviously when it's when the writing's really good, it just makes your your job that much easier. Um. Also, too, another show that I fell in love with, uh, and you uh, had a, you were on there as well, is Fargo, which I yeah. I was so pleasantly surprised with that show. What was that like? And it, and you were in uh, really great episodes too, by the way. They all were. Yeah, you know, well, well, the one episode was just my voice. I was uh, an FBI. I played a, a guy, Agent Buckwald. So um, she makes a call to the FBI to, uh, with concerns of, of, of some sort. And uh, obviously I logged the call, but in the phone conversation, I'm just like, you know what? We're really kind of busy here. I just, I'll get to it when I get to it. And then the episode, I actually um, have to go down to the file room. And so Key and Peele were the, the two guys <laughs> that were sort of uh, got uh, sentenced to, to, to the file room. And uh, so I got to have a, a really fun scene with those guys and it was great I got, um, it was in a company move when uh, so we were at one location and we had to do a company move to to the set and we didn't uh, they didn't move any of the trailers or anything none of the none of the honey wagons or anything had, had moved so we just hung out in this green room and so I got to sit and hang out with, with Key and Peele for about two hours before we shot and listen to those guys work on bits for, for their, their comedy series and um I, I just—it's unbelievable how how popular those guys are and, and how funny they are, and it's definitely warranted because they're—I uh, was just in stitches watching them work, and, uh, <laughs> and to be able to and to be able to work with them was was fantastic, and uh, just they're 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 a perfect complement for each other for sure. So to just to to be the third wheel and, and kind of uh, let them do the comedy and be the, the straight FBI guy was uh, was a lot of fun for sure. So I'm excited. It's coming. The series is coming back, and they're, uh, it's going to be a whole different era. So um, I've got a big burly beard going right now because uh, of all the Western stuff that shoots here in Calgary. Um, so I'll shave this into a nice 70s mustache and uh, hope to get another role. <laughs> Now those guys are good at very good at improv as well. Um, could you tell us about those guys and their improvisational skills? And I hear that you've done a little uh, improv, you know, in your time in the theater. How, how does that go? Yeah, no, it's, you know, it, it was it was really nice to just sort of sit there and watch them and, and just sort of work on their 
and watch them work on their and their bits and just sort of how they come to and, and actually and actually start running it you know okay I'll do this and I'll look on and it was really uh, it was great to just sort of be a fly on the wall although I wasn't I was just sitting in the room just trying to mind my own business but uh, to watch them work um, you know improv is I think it's you know comedy is something is just you know I, got, I was saying this today to my buddy who I had this audition he's a very good comedic actor and and uh and uh, I was saying there's a there's something shooting here called Young Drunk Punks, which um, <laughs> uh, uh, one of the guys from Kids of the Hall is producing and starring in, and it's about his sort of life growing up in Calgary back in the '80s. And I had an audition for it like about a month ago, and and uh, I didn't get it. But there's something um, when you see in the breakdown poverty, and all of a sudden you know you sort of get this. I for me personally, I get this sort of like intimidation. Oh my God. You know, how am I going to make this funny kind of, uh, you know, I, for me, I kind of just lose all, all focus and, and throw everything that I've learned as an actor through auditioning and trial and error and, and lots of failure um, out the window and just, uh, you know, my objective be- becomes not what I actually want in the scene. It becomes actually how can I make these guys laugh and, and, and try and be funny. So, um, you know, improv is, you know, it's it's exercise. You know, it's great, and and um, obviously it was a big part of of my theater school and uh, and whatnot. And and uh, I think it's important. You know, it's like it's just you know like you know hockey or working out or you know it's important to to flex different muscles all the time and, and in order to keep sharp. And uh, and improv is uh, is definitely one way to. Uh, to do that, you know, and, and uh, the, the beauty of improv is you just always got to keep it going, right? Like they, you can never say no, yeah. and, uh, and you just always got to keep it moving. So, and who knows, and the beauty of it is is not knowing where you're going to go, but when you go there, it's like, it's it's pretty, it's pretty rewarding for sure. So, yeah, I think, uh, uh, um I know Keegan uh, was uh, was you know Second City alumni, and so he obviously you know his training in, in Chicago was Second City, and then uh, and they worked together for the, their Mad TV. They were on Mad TV together for I think like five or six years. So you know they you can see it. You know they're like they're like uh, you know Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier. You know or, mm-hmm. you know like they've played together for a long time, and and they know each other's. They, you know, they can basically, you know, finish each other's lines all the time, and, and so it was it was an incredible dynamic to to be able, blessed to be work working with them, and actually, and also to just be watching watching them sort of create. You mentioned that you had a tryout, um, an addition uh, tryout. All of a sudden, I flash back to cheerleading days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one show that I cannot wait for it to start is The Flash, which is starting next Tuesday. Um, can you tell us anything about uh, audition for that one? Yeah, it was good. Well, I, I actually I, I I got a role on it, so um, I'll be in an in an episode upcoming. So yeah, it was uh, it was great. You know, again, it's um, you know the, obviously the the comic book um, genre is really popular in. Uh, in television and, and Vancouver, um, it's kind of a, it's, it was interesting because it's kind of become a byproduct of Arrow. I think I think the Flash was in some episodes of Arrow, and they've obviously done a spinoff 
Um, so, you know, it was, it was great, um, to be on set. It's, it's, uh, you know, the, the cast and crew are, are really tight and, and, and like family. So yeah, it's a, uh, I'm excited. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it was a good, I had an, obviously I had a, a fairly decent audition. I booked it. So, or a tryout and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be good. It's getting a ton of, uh, uh, press and I'm seeing trailers and, and commercials everywhere right now. So, um, so I think they, uh, CW definitely has pretty high expectations for it. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how that goes because, uh, the flash is a character that I think a lot of people are familiar with, but transitioning from the comic book character to something that's going to be in live action. I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to make his character interesting in a live action format. Yeah, no, I'd say, yeah, definitely a, a challenge because, you know, obviously over the years, there's been many failed attempts uh, of movies and whatnot to, to do that sort of that comic book and, and, um, and then, you know, make the transition to film and, uh, and they've been flops. So I don't know. I think it's, you know, I think the, obviously, uh, um, they have a formula with, you know, with, you know, and I think it started with like Supernatural was the first one that started, really started shooting in, in Vancouver. And, um, so, you know, the, the, the directors, the writers, they've all sort of, you know, over the years have developed a, a formula that's, that seems to work. And, uh, you know, the CW has a, is a, a loyal following and and uh so i think you know honestly i think it will uh i think it'll do really well now um recently you had a stint on the show hell on wheels which uh we're very familiar with that series you were on in the show uh under the color of law and two trains and two trains just uh aired last saturday so i guess we can we can talk about your experience now when we talk to helen wills actors one thing that we love to find out is what was their process of getting their gear because i from what we understand is they let you kind of pick what you're going to wear and your look and stuff so how'd you develop your look your uh, the way you spoke as well as uh what kind of uh gear you had well, you know, uh, when I went for the wardrobe, um, she, you know, we just kind of had a discussion and she was like, uh, you know, I, I, I want your guy to be a little flashier. So I had, you know, uh, a, a um, plaid sort of pattern pants and, and this, uh, sort of corduroy jacket and, and, uh, and we tried uh, a few different hats and, uh, and then the final hat was sort of a bowler style, um, you know, it was great. You know, it was, uh, it was, uh, she was, uh, she knew, like, obviously, the, they're, they're there for a reason and, and they know what they're doing. And, and, uh, you know, so I just embraced it and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And I, you know, like, when we got to choose our weapons, well, they, they sort of were holstering everyone up and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I, I think I need a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he's like yeah no problem so they, they hooked me up with a, a nice Winchester rifle and uh, you know it became my, one of my 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 uh, you know um, my points or whatever whenever 
you know, things get got heated and we're about to arrest someone or there's going to be a standoff of some sort or whatever. And there always became a point where I would just, you know, send a message by cocking my rifle and letting everyone know I, I cocked it. That, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, Jonathan Scarf, who played Sydney, uh, basically our boss, um, he was fantastic. He was just having so much fun with the role and just to be a part of his gang and stuff was just, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. We became, you know, I was, from one minute I was just a, a, a town drunk in a jail cell and and within a minute I had a badge and a, and a gun and I could pretty much do whatever I wanted. <laughs> let, let me clarify something. When you said you cocked your rifle when you wanted to let people know what was going on, you were talking about on set, right? Not uh, offset. <laughs> no, like when we were, yeah, yeah, when we were on set, when we were rolling. You weren't at the Starbucks, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this isn't, uh, we, uh, the right, we don't have the right to bear arms here in, in Canada. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go to Starbucks with my AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things that I like to ask actors who are on Hell on Wheels um, we always give props to the, you know, the costume department and things like that. Did you have an opportunity to pick out your own wardrobe as well? Uh, somewhat, you know, she had it sort of dialed in for me and it was great. And, you know, we just, uh, yeah, you know, obviously I got to choose and final choice on what my hat was and, and stuff. And, you know, I pretty much right off, right off the bat, she nailed it. And, and uh, yeah, they were great. You know, I, I, again, they're, it's just such a wonderful show to work on. The cast is so tight, and uh, and then you know the crew—they're just—they're like a family. Like they they go out every weekend together, and they they do all these like you know rafting trips and down the Elbow River and baseball games and, and stuff. So you know it was just you know it was it was, it was really nice to be a part of something like that. Although it was only two episodes, it was just. You know, it was great. Every day we went to set, you know, it was just, it was just awesome. And, and not to mention the, the writing and, and the acting in that show is just so phenomenal, you know, to be able to, to work with, with that, that caliber of cast and, and producers and writers is just, it's just unbelievable. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it was, a, it's a great show. You know, it's a fantastic show and, and, and everyone involved in it. You know, from from the PAs to to the executive producers. You know, it's it was, they're they're one big big family. Oh man, a lot of people seem to say that. Now, it wouldn't be right with us talking Hell on Wheels if we did not bring in the beautiful and talented Stephanie Chabniak. How you doing, Steph? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Now, <laughs> hey Chris. <laughs> hey Steph. How you doing? Good. Good. Are you getting any sleep these days? I know you're pretty busy with October yeah, been, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, I also um, uh, am the operations manager for a couple of restaurants in town here, and one of them being Wurst W U R S T. It's a German beer hall, and so uh, we're right in the thick of Oktoberfest right now. So, yeah, I've got to run and and uh, and tap a keg after this a ceremonial keg. Uh, for, uh, for to to launch our Friday night, so yeah, I'm busy awesome. busy between between that and and uh, and acting. It's uh, yeah, life is good, but for sure, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so, 
So do you have someone special breaking the cake tonight? No. Well, we had Phil Burke on our opening night, which was fantastic. Um, but now we just sort of, uh, we just get someone who is a passionate, uh, you know, Oktoberfest person wearing the lederhosen or whatever, and we let them smash it open, and uh, and then we pass around a bunch of beers, and everyone gets to partake, and uh, and then we do stein holding and, and stuff. So no, no one, uh, no one famous. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, and, uh, it was very and, fun. I, I'm sorry. For those who, who don't know, Steph, can, can you just say, uh, your connection with the show? Um, I'm a background performer on Helen Wheels. I've been since season two. And then this year I was lucky enough to get a line. So I guess I can say I'm an actor on Helen Wheels as well. That's right. What? That's right. Congratulations, by the way. I'm I'm sorry I cut you off. I just wanted to make sure people understand. Oh, no, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, and, and what Chris said about Helen Wheels, like there's there's something, and I've said it before, there's something special about that set, about the people that work in it, you know, from background to crew to producers to actors. There's, yeah, like it's like a big family. I, I'm going to actually go a step farther <laughs> with how special that set is. Uh, because it seems like people be getting a million dollars in this. I know, right? <laughs> and and um, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, I'll let you tell tell it, Steph. The million dollars. Um, the stunt coordinator, Brent. I mean, you know, he goes to work every day and he helps the guys, you know, do their fight scenes. And um, he was just on his way to work one day to Hell on Wheels, and he stopped off at the Elderside gas station just to get gas. Like he does every morning, and he took a scratch and went and scratched it, and right then and there, he won a million dollars. That is awesome. I mean, why can't I get that break? I know, right? I know. Sure not going to win a million dollars scratching off Falcon Live. Yeah, no, I talked to him about it. Yeah, he's... uh, it's uh, he's a little overwhelmed by it. They, uh, he said, "You know what? He's not even him and his wife haven't even decided what they're going to do with it. They're not going to talk about it until <laughs> after he's uh, done working on this project that he's working on right now." So he's, uh, you know what? He's such a nice guy, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I guess you know it is true. Good things happen to good people. No, I yeah, guess I know that was. <laughs> <good. laughs> I, I guess I should start <laughs> being nice. That's, for sure. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start being nice now. Yeah, but, but but you know the one thing that the Hell on Wheels set is missing is Yardley and Kente. That's right, for sure. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and cross the fingers for season five, and then well, you guys can come and be on set. Yes, oh, I already know it's, they're gonna have a season five. Yeah, I don't think that we really have to cross our fingers. It's such a wonderful show, and with people like Chris and you know Jake Weber and Anson and Don, uh, I just don't see how you know they could not. I, man, I think there would be some serious backlash from a lot of fans if they were to drop that show, especially now with this season being so phenomenal. Every season has gotten better, and I look forward to uh, next season as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they they, they got to finish the railroad. Yes. <laughs> and Jake Weber's phenomenal, oh, unbelievable. You know, I, I when we went to the premiere of the first two episodes, I, he just blew me away. He's a, he's a, he's an unbelievable talent for sure. And and also too, uh, 
you two have another connection that's outside of Hell on Wheels. And uh, it's a actually rather interesting one. We talked about it in the pre-chat, and Steph told, uh, told us. But um, um, I will let uh, – you know what, Steph – can uh, say what is your other connection uh, acting wise oh well well Chris had the main role but um, last year they shot a feature film called Forsaken and Chris was cast in a speaking role as Mr. Peterson and they cast me as his wife <laughs> just seen on camera no lines but I was yeah I was Chris's <laughs> wife on Forsaken oh, nice. <laughs> that's cool yeah yeah. So no, yeah, it was great. So did I you? I felt very loved. Yeah, and Chris <laughs> and Chris was so good in that. Oh my gosh! I don't know if we can. Yeah, you know, it hasn't come out yet, and who knows what's going to happen with that. But the one scene, it was, it was something else. That's for sure. So when you guys see, are you allowed to say what that scene is, Chris? No, I don't think so. It's not until no. it comes out. But yeah, it's good. It's you know, okay. it's a, it's uh. Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, yeah. Again, we're I'm just waiting for it to come out. I'm really excited to see it for sure. I think it's a wonderful story, and and uh, again, you know, like I, I really think Kiefer Sutherland's super talented, and and obviously his dad is like the character actor of all time. So, you know, it was uh, it's you know, it's got a phenomenal cast. Michael Wincott, you know, was, he was amazing. And He's in the so, last yeah, season no, of Twenty Four. Well. Hopefully, hopefully it comes out pretty quick. He, yeah, he was in the last season yeah, of Twenty Four. Um, uh, Michael Wincott, I believe. Yeah, he's he's great. You know what? He's uh, he is a talented dude for sure. Yes. And Shabon Williams, and who, even Donald who, Shabon Williams, who who right, was on on uh, Hell on Wheels, was is in it as well. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. She. Yeah. I didn't have anything with her, but. Uh, yeah, she's obviously she's she's killing it. She's working tons, and yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's a great actor. Great. So I do have a quick question for Chris, and that is, do you like for your characters when you you know for even the deputy on Helen Wills? Do you make up backstories, like your own little backstories for your characters? Uh, yes, somewhat. You know, obviously. Um, yeah, no, you know, I, I, no, no, I, I don't really. Obviously, I see what the script tells me about the character, and obviously what other people say about the character, um, and then you sort of work from there. But I think the key is to, for me, is my backstory is me. You know, it's I, I believe that there's nothing any character that has gone through in any play or any role um, that I haven't gone through in my life. And so I, I try and draw upon that experience in my real life and bring that to my characters. Hmm. That's interesting, because I even noticed, like, you know, I was on set with you a few times on Helen Wills when you were the deputy, and, you know, your mannerisms changed, like the way you walked and the way, you, you know, your facial expressions, like you were... You were not Chris. You were the deputy. Like, everything about you just changed by the way you moved your body. Well, you should see me after a few whiskeys and Cokes, and, and then you might see that guy. <laughs> okay. Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, it's like, uh, you, 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 uh, you know, 
are people paying to see me or are they paying to see this character, obviously. And, and um, right. you know, with something like Hell on Wheels, they're, they're just, you know, they give it to you. It's, it's, uh, you just basically have to have to do what they write and, and uh, it transforms you into whatever the character is. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I love those, those roles where I, you know, you get to, you get to go somewhere where, you, it's not you on an everyday basis, but there are elements of it. Like I've been that guy before and stuff. So, you know, I know I, and, and everyone does, you know, okay. Obviously I haven't killed someone, but you know, I, I've, I've been mad enough to kill someone. And I know I've seen red where it's, you know, on the ice where you, you, you know, in, in, a, in a game where you lose complete control and then, like a minute later, you're like, what just happened? You know, it's like, so do you have to kill someone to know what it li- is like to kill someone? No, but I know what the feeling and where you got to get to in order to, to get to those places. And I think it's, you know, it's our job as actors to be private and public. You know, it's like it's, um, and, and by that it's, it's, you know, telling your story as it relates to the character and and the script and and how it serves the story so you know i think it's it's just came unplugged there um i uh, i think it's just it's you know it's it's important to to tell the truth and uh that's what it's all about you know it's it's um it's using life experience or whatever it is to uh to inform the character and uh, and then using the writing and the story and serving the story and, and then making it all, you know, hopefully it, it all translates well and, and uh, everything works out and, and people like it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a process. And, and I, I got to say as well, another thing is that every character is different and what might've worked for my character on Hell on Wheels, you know, didn't work for my character in Forsaken, and, and you know you got, always got to be you got to have sort of the the recipe book, and you got to you, you know every character requires a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of that, and you just got to sort of you got to work you work to find that, and and you know unfortunately like that's why I love theater so much and plays is because you get that process of rehearsal, and uh, you know rehearsals is I, I love it more than performing because you get to find these little moments and these little, you know, these little special treats and, and, uh, and, uh, make these discoveries and, and, you know, it's like that, that's, that's what acting is about for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Great. well, thank you for sharing that insight with, with me and with all the listeners. I mean, it's, it's always interesting to hear, you know, an actor's take on on how they prepare for a role and getting into character. And thank you. All right, no problem. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much, Dave. Great. Well, yeah, thank you for having me on. You know, calling in and Chris, good luck with tonight and have fun at Oktoberfest. And I will for sure. And future and yeah, yeah, on the big and little screen. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much, guys, for having me on the show. It's been great. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's great to sort of uh, talk to like-minded people and, and share stories. 
Yes, yes, yes. All right. So um, we have a, uh, a segment that we affectionately like to call Rapid Fire. And the way that Rapid Fire works is that me, Tara Lynn, and Yardley will pepper you with questions. Uh, it's, okay. all, it's all fun. So uh, are you ready? Yes. Okay. So a couple of years at Coachella, they did a hologram concert for the rapper Tupac. So what dead artist or band would you like to see a hologram concert of? <laughs> the King. Oh, Elvis. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. That's the, he's the second. Um, the, 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 in, in his latter years, of course. The, the, the peanut butter and banana. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then the jumpsuit. Okay. So uh, what would you dress up for for Halloween? Uh, ABBA this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were on death row, what would your last meal be? Uh, probably hamburger. Medium rare. From anywhere in particular? Uh you know, uh, Island Burger in New York in Hell's Kitchen. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Now, you mentioned earlier that you can dance. Uh, can Chris Rosman sing? <laughs> I love singing, but people don't like to hear me sing. <laughs> okay. Sound like me. <laughs> uh, chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry? Chocolate. Bungee jumping or skydiving? Neither. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> what is your favorite guilty pleasure junk food? Um, you know McDonald's. Oh, okay, McDonald's. I don't, I don't mind diving into a bag of Mickey D's once in a while. Okay. So, um, what do you think of web series? Oh, I think they're great. You know, it's just another medium to. For actors to work and writers to express themselves and directors to direct. Uh, could you tell us something that you absolutely, positively can't stand? Um, oh, my goodness. I don't know. Um, oh, I, like, I, I can't stand the cotton in a pill bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. Now, I, now I have a, a hockey question for you. If you sure. if you could if you had the first pick in a draft, and you could you had to um, you could pick between Gretzky, Lemieux, Ovechkin, and um, uh, dude uh, Pittsburgh guy uh, Crosby. Crosby, thank you. Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, who would you pick? And then who would who would you pick? One, two, three, and four. Well, I pick I pick Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would probably pick Sidney Crosby, then Lemieux, and then Ovechkin. Okay. Uh-huh. But it depends. Are we talking about when they played, or are we talking about in today's game? <laughs> Not today, because Gretzky's like what? In Gretzky, like uh, in his mid fifties. <laughs> well, but even like his size and the way he played, it was a completely different game back in the eighties for sure. Mm-hmm. So the, the the players now are. You know, no one's under six feet and, and under 200 pounds now. So mm. it's a completely different game from when he played. So are you, are you saying that maybe Gretzky wouldn't be as good today? I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Where in the world would you travel with your girl? 
you know, I want to go to Buenos Aires next. Nice. Yeah, uh, and my- we just went to Ireland um, in the beginning of September, and uh, it was great. I love Ireland, but September traveling in Ireland, we, I think we were the youngest people there. <laughs> now, wait, jumping back real quick, you mentioned Oktoberfest. Have you been to Germany for Oktoberfest? I have, yeah. Hacker Shore flew uh, me and one of the owners down for Oktoberfest two years ago. Nice. It, it's a gong show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and my last one is, what is your favorite movie villain? Um, wow. Uh, you know, Danelle and Taxi Driver? Uh-huh. Good. Okay. Okay. And now here's the last question. And... Uh, since you're from Calgary, we're, we're gonna put it. We're gonna put it towards Calgary. You got to help a guy out. A young man wants to take a young lady out on the town for a date, and he needs your advice. So you're gonna advise him. What's the best uh, date on a night on the town in Calgary? Um. Wow. Jeez, man, I haven't been on a date in a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you know, just you know, go take her out to the the mountains and go for a drive on the one A and stop and go for a quick hike in the Banff National Park, and then uh, and then you'll you'll close. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That sounds good. I like hey, I like the idea of closing. So that's yeah, <laughs> always be closing. ABC, ABC. That's and I'm Gary Glenn Ross. I love that. And movie. I'm just here to say, as a woman, it doesn't matter how long you've been with your girl, you can still take her out on dates. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, again, I, for sure, of course. <laughs> um, I hope she's not listening. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll just uh, turn up the radio when we get to the, when she gets to this part. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, what can we look forward to seeing you? And I know you're going to be in the Flash, and then you're doing the the movie with Tom Hardy and uh, and um, Leonardo DiCaprio as well. What was that? What was that? Yeah, one? yeah. So yeah, those are uh, yeah, and then obviously Blackstone as well, which uh, I don't know when it's going to air, but it should be coming out pretty quickly. So yeah, uh, two episodes of Blackstone, then an episode of Flash, and then the, the Revenant when it comes out in 2016, if they don't edit me out. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to Leo. And make sure that don't happen. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Awesome guys, take care. Nice chatting. All right. Have fun tonight. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Prost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, programming notes. In about 19 minutes at 7:30 Pacific, 10:30 Eastern, we will have our second show with actress Michelle Thrush. So we're looking forward to that. So if you are on the site, just hang on tight. And uh, the minute it gets to 7:30, just hit your refresh button. And you'll be able to listen to the show. And uh, I want to once again thank Chris for coming on and Stephanie for calling in and Yardley and Tara Lynn. So uh, we will catch you in about 18 minutes. See you then. <laughs>